Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Josh Carr Show. Today, we will be talking about the ousting of Speaker McCarthy as well as the current fraud case going on with Donald Trump. We have a lot of crazy news to get to. But first, I want to talk about our sponsor for this episode, Gulag America. Guys, you've heard me talk about Gulag for uh, Gulag America now for a long time. Go check them out at gulagamerica.com. As we approach some colder weather, I know it's getting colder here in Utah, you're going to want some nice clothes, especially to show off what you believe. Gulag America believes in the truth. That's why they have patriotic clothing. My favorite ones uh, kind of, they've got like the don't tread on me. They've got some great uh, Second Amendment clothing as well as First Amendment clothing, frankly. Uh, and coming out next week, I will actually have a Josh Carr show uh, collab with them. So there'll be some merch. Go check them out at gulagamerica.com. Use my code JoshCar10 and you'll get 10% off. Again, that's at gulagamerica.com. Okay, guys. There's some crazy stuff that happened this week, and I, a lot of it has really upset me, to be honest. We're gonna, we're, I'm going to break it down for you. Uh, first, we're going to talk about kind of what happened with ousting Speaker McCarthy and then where the House is kind of headed. So if you didn't hear, the House voted to oust Speaker McCarthy. The vote was 2016 to 2010, and uh, every single Democrat voted for this and eight Republicans led by Matt Gates. Now, the majority of the people who voted... Uh, though there are other members of this caucus that didn't vote to oust Speaker McCarthy. It was mostly led by what is known as the Freedom Caucus. Uh, the House Freedom Caucus is a um, not, I guess, a good way to say it. It's not a moderate conservative uh, caucus. I, I tend to agree with them, generally speaking, in terms of policy. But in terms of what they're doing for the House... As I'll talk about in a second, I'm very upset with what happened. So the current Speaker of the House right now is Patrick McHenry. He is kind of the interim Speaker as the House goes into the process of choosing a new one. And the reason why Patrick McHenry is the House Speaker right now is because what happens is when a Speaker loses the Speakership, they still have kind of a list of who will take over on their behalf when they're gone. And at the top of that list was Patrick McHenry. So he will remain the Speaker until that changes, until uh, the House has voted on someone new. Now, there's kind of two front runners for who's running for House Speaker right now. We have Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan. Now, both of these are pretty good choices, um, but I'm going to talk mostly about Jim Jordan because I believe Jim Jordan is going to win. This is a great move for Jim Jordan, and when I say this, I don't mean it's good for him politically. I mean it's like it is. Perhaps charity is too too much of a word because he he's uh he's going into a position of power, so it's not charity, but he's he's stepping up as a leader. And the reason why this is important is because everyone, pretty much every Republican, loves Jim Jordan, from the more moderate Republicans over to the Freedom Caucus. And so Jim Jordan really could be that bridge that gaps the two. You'll remember back in January when McCarthy was trying to become speaker in the first place, it took 15 votes. The Freedom Caucus put Jim Jordan up a lot, as well as Byron Donalds and other people. But there was a lot of talk back in January about Jim Jordan being the new speaker and that he needed to fill that position just because he he's a solid Republican with good uh, with a good background, good history in the House. And so I think with him running, uh, we're going to see it get done probably in one vote. Uh, I, I just don't see Steve Scalise getting as much 
as much done and as much uh, support as Jim Jordan. I just don't see that happening. A ton of people urged him to run the first time. Uh, he didn't want to do it. Again, this is a, it comes back to like high school. I brought this up in January when I was talking about McCarthy. When people want to be in power, at least my inclination is be like, yeah, don't give them power. Like if, if you want to exercise authority over people, you're probably not the guy that should exercise authority over the people. And Jim Jordan is not this way. Jim Jordan is like, yeah, House Speaker sucks. You get crapped on, like people hate you, as is evident with Kevin McCarthy. You can't make anyone happy, and I just don't want that kind of power. And so the fact that he's kind of stepped up now, I think, shows that he he knows that there's really no choice. He is the obvious candidate to kind of unify the Republican Party. Anyone else is either going to take way too many votes or going to sink the Republicans into an even deeper hole than what you saw with ousting their own speaker. Um, so in my opinion, he's the obvious choice. I think he saw that as well. I don't think he's power hungry as much as other Republicans. And so for that reason, I actually think he would do a really fantastic job. Uh, his approval rating right now is 48% nationally. That's not an insane approval rating. Again, this is a national thing. So, I mean, you're talking about the Democrats as well. Um, but just in comparison to Trump, Trump has 41% approval nationally. So, you you know, Trump is still considered to be fairly popular as you know some of the the uh polling right now shows him actually winning in a uh in a uh, not a debate excuse me in an election between him and joe biden and so the fact that he could potentially win that and J jim jordan has a seven percent higher polling nationally i think it would be a wise move for republicans to choose him as their speaker but really quick i want to talk about the ousting itself this is where I have to go on a little bit of a rant because this was incredibly frustrating. And let me just say, I've been fairly fair. Like I've been fair about Kevin McCarthy and the job he's done. And I've been fairly supportive of him because he has an impossible, people have to understand this. Kevin McCarthy had an impossible job from the beginning. He had some Republicans who were acting like absolutists and they didn't realize that because they didn't win elections, they don't have the Senate. They don't have the presidency and they have a very slim majority. And so Kevin McCarthy is literally trying to please everybody and it just, it's not going to happen. I mean, you can pass conservative bills all you want, but the Senate is run by Democrats. So you're going to have to compromise. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you want to be an absolutist, you have to compromise. The Senate has to approve it. The Democrat president has to sign it. And so... Kevin McCarthy, I thought, had an impossible job, and I think he did well with what he had. He had to work with a very small majority. Literally eight members in Congress would just take that you know majority away at any time, which they did. And so what we saw this last week is that he had to make concessions to get Democrats about keeping the government open for 45 more days. Now, am I happy with, happen with what happened in that bill? No. Uh, I don't think it was the right move. But just to put this into perspective, Matt Gates then had a temper tantrum and sided with the Democrats. So basically what happened, someone pointed this out very wisely on Twitter. They basically said, Kevin McCarthy had to make a compromise with Democrats and work with them. And Matt Gates's response is, oh, I'm going to now work with a unanimous Democrat party because Kevin McCarthy worked with the Democrat party. 
So it was incredibly hypocritical what Matt Gates did. I'm kind of sick of the Freedom Caucus right now because of how just like I, I'm the one that has the right to be an absolutist. You have the right to be an absolutist. And the reason why is because we're not in positions of power. We can have beliefs. Our job is not actually to legislate or get anything done. We just get to believe what we get to believe. It's the politicians' jobs to get together to make compromises. They don't get to be absolutists and to legislate. And the reason why is because not everyone thinks the exact same. Politically speaking, it's impossible to be an absolutist. And so when you have people like Matt Gates who are absolutists, it's very frustrating because they make life harder for everyone else and they like to stand and talk in front of journalists and reporters instead of actually getting something done. It literally made no sense. So basically what, what ticks me off even more about this is that Matt Gates made this huge political move. It was this big thing. And he made it with no plan. There's, there was absolutely no plan on who to replace a speaker, on what he would have done instead of that 45 government um, kind of continuation until they have to come and revisit it. He had no other concrete plan. And so instead, he's the guy who craps on everybody else, but actually isn't competent himself. Again, if we didn't have idiots running for, and this is my problem, if we didn't have idiots running for the Republican Party in the 2022 election, this wouldn't have even been a problem. You can be a little bit of an absolutist when you have a 30 representative majority in the House, you won the Senate, and you won the presidency. I mean, heck, you could probably do it even without the presidency. If you own, if you just own Congress straight up, you can probably be a little bit of an absolutist. Donald Trump in 2016, that's what he had. Yeah, you can be a little bit of an absolutist, but when you sucked and you didn't know how to run campaigns in 2022, don't come to me and say that you guys get to make that you like you're not in a position of power. And so instead, he ousted the current speaker without any kind of plan. Another person on Twitter, something that I said was it was really insightful and it was perfect. They said basically when you vote with a unanimous group of Democrats, you're probably made the wrong choice. Like you're probably not on the right side. If it was just you and seven other Republicans and every single Democrat wanted that to happen. I don't understand how those eight Republicans voted with more than 200 Democrats and were like, yeah, we're, uh, we're doing the conservative thing right now. That's why all the Democrats are voting for it. That's why 200 Republicans disagree with me. The amount of like arrogance that that takes. I, I'm not saying that Congress is awesome. I'm not saying that Republicans aren't bought and sold. Some of them are. But I personally know Republicans that are in Congress that are good people and that are actually trying to promote the conservative agenda in a logical and smart way rather than being an absolutist and ousting their own Speaker of the House, thus weakening the party and potentially losing more seats in 2024. This is what Matt Gates did. As I mentioned before, though, Jim Jordan would be an awesome speaker. So I may eat my words. I mean, no question. I think 90% of Republicans would agree that Jim Jordan would be a better Speaker of the House than Kevin McCarthy. So look, if he, if they, if they have a pretty quick vote and Jim Jordan is the Speaker, I could eat my words. If I mean, overall, Republicans would probably come out on top of that happen. But it's a really dumb gamble to make when you're going in the 2024 election and you just did a really crappy job in the midterm election in 2022. It looks very weak and people don't want to vote for Republicans when they're infighting. So that's my analysis on that. Uh, this gets to the second story of the week, which is equally as frustrating, but not because of people on the right, but because of people on the left. And that is the 
case with Donald Trump. So Donald Trump has been charged with fraud. I want to break down the case. I want to break down just how politically motivated this is and how frustrating it would be, I'm sure, for Donald Trump and his campaign. But any Republican should look at this and be afraid because the it doesn't stop at Donald Trump. And it never does, right? Like, none of the indictments that have come upon him stop at him. And that's why people are worried, right? You could, basically, the Democrats are just opening this can of worms to say, you can do this to any political opponent you want. There are no limits. So what happened? There's basically some stupid judiciary shenanigans going on where Trump is facing a fraud charge. And essentially, the allegations are that Trump overvalued his net worth, mostly connected to his real estate. And because of this, he was taking out loans that were essentially fraudulent because people, when you take out loans, they need to understand, especially large loans, they need to understand what your net worth is, the collateral, et cetera. And so it would be fraudulent if you overvalued your real estate, for example. Now, here's the thing. I'm not going to say whether or not Trump is guilty. I have no idea. And people who, for most of these things, including the indictments, you can say it's politically motivated. You can say it's crap. But you really can't say whether he's guilty or not because we're not lawyers, we're not judges. Like the law, when it comes to the law, it is so specific. And so, like, there will be aspects of this trial that we brought up that none of us have any knowledge of. So, I think it would be arrogant for me to say for sure if he's guilty or not. But I, I will talk about, and I don't understand the inner workings of the, of the law, but it is clear that the story is skewed. And that there's some crap going on within. And and he might be charged on something that isn't what I'm going to talk about right now. But the part that is definitely skewed is that Trump is saying essentially that Mar-a-Lago is worth $739 million. Okay. Now, I don't know if it's worth that much. That is a lot of money. I kind of have a hard time believing it would be that much. But it, it could. It really could. The prosecutor, on the other hand, is saying that Mar-a-Lago is worth thir- about $30 million. Let me say that again. Donald Trump, 739 million, prosecutor, 30 million. So Donald Trump is valuing Mar-a-Lago at more than $700 million, more than the, the prosecutor. So obviously there's a huge disparity there. Someone's wrong. Like someone is very, very wrong. I'm sorry. I don't know how much it's worth, but I know it's not worth $30 million. Do you want to know why? Because if you look up Zillow right now and you search Mar-a-Lago, You will find properties around Trump's property that are worth almost $30 million and they're like 3,000 square foot homes. Mar-a-Lago has 126 rooms. It is 62,000 square feet. So there's no way in heck it's worth $30 million. It is some of the most coveted land in the United States. I would have to bet that Mar-a-Lago is perhaps the most expensive piece of real estate in the United States. There might be some in California that are up there as well. Again, I don't know if it's worth $700 million, but it ain't worth 30. That's for sure. I mean, there's, I live in Utah. There's places here that are not even close to 62,000 square feet that are worth $30 million. And there's some expensive real estate here in Utah for sure. But on the coast of Florida where he is, that is, that is prime real estate. There's no way it's worth less than a hundred mil. That's my opinion. Obviously this is once again, politically motivated. This is all about distraction. Uh, I, I don't know whether they're going to come down against him. If they do, it's going to be a fine. There's no prison time. And so, and this is, I think, something that a lot of Republicans are missing. Republicans say, oh, they're just trying to lock up Donald Trump. They're not going to lock up Donald Trump. There are, it, that is a step too far for us right now. I do believe that we could get to a point in America where political parties are locking up their opposition. 
I don't think we're there yet. I think if Democrats tried to lock up Donald Trump, there would be insane rioting. I do, I don't even think most judges would touch that because what of that would look like what that would look like on their history. So I, I don't think that's going to happen. So Republicans, in my opinion, are very wrong when they say that the opposition is trying. Excuse me, that the incumbent party is trying to lock up the opposition. I do not think that's the case right now. Instead, something far more effective. Like they don't need to lock up Donald Trump to win. All they have to do is distract because as many people have pointed out in 2020, people didn't really vote for Joe Biden. People voted against Donald Trump. They didn't want Donald Trump. But here's the thing. The Hunter Biden laptop story came out. A lot of the corruption in Ukraine and the Biden family has come out. The economy, immigration are abysmal. They're awful. And so in 2024, people may just vote against Biden this time. And not really vote for Trump because Trump actually isn't that popular. I mean, his polling was at 41%. That's not high enough to win an election. But if they're voting against Joe Biden, you can have that low approval rating. And so what's happening instead is Democrats, they don't need to lock up their opposition. They need to distract. All they have to do is distract. That's what this is. That's what all the indictments are. Now, Donald Trump might still be, be guilty, but he's not going to go to jail. He's just going to pay fines. It's about a distraction. If we're talking about the economy, if we're talking about immigration, Biden's going to lose. There's no question. When you talk to people about what are the serious problems in America right now, it's the economy, it's immigration, it's crime. If you talk to anybody, do you trust Biden or Trump more? Like 70% say they trust Trump more to do to handle those issues because Biden sucks at them. So essentially, Democrats must distract with these super dumb cases. Trump, for his part, I will say, doesn't play this well. That's one of the big problems. When you're not guilty of something, it's totally okay to say it's a sham, but you're confident. You're like, this is just, this is crap. Like you don't, you don't get crazy about it. You don't get kind of manic. You just like, you know, like, yeah, this is crazy. Like, can you believe that the Democrats are really going this hard? But instead Trump goes a little crazy. This is the problem. And I don't think he's guilty. But he's being, he's acting like he's guilty. He's being crazy about it. I don't understand the political motivation behind that. Just an example of that is he's calling like the judge evil and corrupt. He's going on tape and just saying that this is like a witch hunt and that the judge is just an awful person. Look, it might be, but the way he's going at it is not in the right way. You can even say it's a witch hunt, but saying that the judge is evil and corrupt is not going to help your case. Sometimes Trump's whininess kind of makes him look weak. That and that's the honest truth. Look, I don't care like what's true and what's not in this instance. It's what I'm just saying for Trump. It doesn't matter what's true or not. Trump wants to win. And so what's the message he's putting out? Is it I'm whining and the judiciary system is corrupt and I'm going to lose? Cuz that message to me sounds like he's a loser. Why would I vote for a loser? Instead, victory Winning, there's no substitute for it. There is no substitute for winning. My question is, okay, Donald Trump, why aren't you smarter than that? Aren't you like a beast politically? If you're a beast, why are you not smarter? Win. What's way cooler than whining about a, a judge? Winning the case and being like, yeah, there's a corrupt judge in there. I won anyway because I'm a beast. Be a winner. There's no substitute for it. Whining doesn't help you at all. It's not going to do anything for you. It doesn't attract independence. You might have your sympathetic Republicans that come to you and, you know, want and want to rub your back and kiss you and, you know, tell you you're going to be okay. But independents don't like that. They want a leader. 
So if you're a winner, why aren't, why aren't you winning? Why are you whining? Switch your strategy and you'll win. If Donald Trump does that, he'll come on top of the distractions. I guarantee it. The distractions are crap. I think a lot of people see them as crap. But when Donald Trump reacts so harshly to them, it turns them off. And they're like, well, is it crap? He's kind of acting sus. And not only is he acting sus, but, you know, he just is kind of a loser. Like he just whines and whines. He doesn't actually have a plan. If he comes out with a plan and he wins, then he will win, no question. And he will uh, probably destroy the Republican primary even more than he is. And he'll destroy Joe Biden as well. That is the message of today's podcast and today's show, guys. Thank you so much for watching. As always, leave a comment down below. I more than I don't even care if you like the post. I just want to hear your opinion. I love interacting with you guys. Go down below. Tell me your opinion about the show today. If you disagree or agree on the Trump fraud case, as well as Kevin McCarthy being ousted, as well as subscribe down below if you haven't. Come on, guys. As well as check out Gulag America. Thanks, guys.